You're listening to the Reynolds Hotbox. 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 The Reynolds Hotbox. This is the Reynolds Hotbox, a podcast about local media and the future of media. I'm Alexander Rush. I am finishing my junior year at the University of Nevada, Reno. I'm also a journalism major and a minoring in history and photography. And I'm Rachel Jackson. I'm a journalism major with a photography minor at UNR, and I was born in Las Vegas and moved to Reno a couple years ago, and I'm currently finishing up my second year at UNR. And today we're going to be talking about the ins and outs of street photography. So what kind of street photography have you done in the past year with COVID and protests? So I've mainly done schoolwork assignments since I'm a photo minor, and I've done a lot more street photography this year than any year before. Uh, because I started working for Our Town Reno uh, as a student reporter, which means that I submit a few street photos of Reno every week. And then also with like the pandemic and COVID, I took a lot of photos of downtown Las Vegas. Um, so I've been going on a lot of photo walks lately through downtown, midtown, and through tent cities for my job. And so how have you seen street photography change throughout 2020 to 2021? Uh, so when we were sent home last year, I went back home to Las Vegas, I and I took a lot of photos of the Strip and downtown when it was empty because of all the closings. Since all the casinos were closed, um, the streets were pretty empty. There was really not a lot of pedestrians. There were surprisingly a lot of bikers and runners because it was so empty. Um, and then a few months later, when the protests were at their largest in Vegas, I went for three days. And I mainly took phone photos and learned a lot about protest photography, especially like the ethics around it and about showing people's faces and how that can lead to like people getting arrested and put on watch lists, which is a lot of stuff that I didn't know before. Uh, so what about you? So I haven't done any professional work, but I've taken a few courses in photography and photojournalism where my subject is constantly changing. Before the pandemic, we were expected to take pictures with lots of people, and now those requirements have changed for our circumstances. In street photography, I'm distancing myself from people, so I feel like it's not as personal or intimate as pre-pandemic. Yeah, I feel like I've seen every possible COVID photo, and then I see like 10 more that change my perspective on it. Um, I think especially looking at foreign photographers has also really changed my view on America. Uh, compared to the rest of the world when it comes to handling the pandemic. Uh, do you have any favorite photos that have come out of this year? Uh, so there's one photo that I remember that came out during the George Floyd protests. Uh, the main focus was the back of a man with other protesters around him, and they were all were holding up their fists in solidarity for Black Lives Matter in front of the Trump Tower. Uh, it was released in the time. For me, I loved how it was such a powerful photograph but did not endanger anybody since there weren't any faces showing, which is obviously a huge problem during the protests. Did you have a favorite photo as well? Yeah, so one of my favorite photos also came out of the George Floyd protests, and it was of the person carrying the American flag with the fire behind them. Uh, it was taken by uh, Julio Cortez. And there were a lot of like moving photos that especially came out of that movement. And in Las Vegas, two photojournalists uh, were actually arrested during the protest. And I know that one of them worked for the Review Journal, and I believe the other one used to work for the Review Journal. And so it was, they were released and like the charges were dropped, but there were, it was crazy to see the press being arrested like that. 
um, especially like during the protest, because like when you think about it, they're there to cover events like that. And for them to be arrested along with the protesters, I thought it was really just crazy. Now a word from our sponsors. This is Reynolds Hotbox, a podcast about local media and the future of media. Welcome. Hello. We are the Reynolds Media Lab. Media Lab. Podcasts. Client services. Special projects. Documentaries. We are a production center at, at the, the Reynolds, Reynolds School, School of Journalism. Journalism. The Reynolds Media Lab. Media Lab. Media Lab. This is the Reynolds Hotbox, a podcast about local media and the future of media. So, Alexandra, as a woman, do you have any advice for women photographers when it comes to taking photos in public? So my number one advice would be to be extra precautious when going out to take pictures. I'd say bring pepper spray, bring a friend or two that can help in a bad situation, and any other things that can be used as a last-minute resort if someone is bothering you. Um, so, Rachel, have you ever faced any situations where you've had to defend yourself from someone bothering you while you were taking photos? Uh, yeah, so I used to do a lot of portrait photography uh, down at the Strip in Las Vegas in high school. So it would be, I would go with uh, myself and a model and sometimes another person, uh, especially at night. Um, a lot of people would use my camera as like an invitation to come up and talk to me and like ask what I was doing, which is somewhat to be expected. You know, a lot of people are more interested like in you, like they're like, oh, what are you doing? Like, who are you with? What are you shooting for? And stuff like that. Um, but on some occasions, like, a lot of men, like, like to walk in front of the camera and be like, take my picture. Um, it's happened, especially with drunk people, they love to, like, talk to someone with a camera. And instead of just, like, arguing or, like, trying to get out of it, like, oh, no thanks. Like, I usually just take the photo, uh, which kind of sucks. But I just like to, because it's the easiest way for, they'll leave you alone after that. So it's, like, the easiest way just to, like, snap a quick photo, even if it's not even of them. Um, but in Reno so far, people mostly just ask what I'm taking photos of and I'll tell them like street photography or like, I'm a student. I love pulling the student card, like, oh, I'm a student. And then like that answers their question. What about you? So luckily I haven't had many people come up to me while I'm shooting, but I've had some sketchy situations where I just kind of ran away. So I was in downtown Reno and I was at night shooting a video for one of my classes with my friend. We were in front of this alleyway sign that I wanted footage of and I started shooting when these two men in the alleyway kind of saw us and started walking towards us. So I quickly realized and then ran to the car where my boyfriend was waiting to drive us to the next location. Um, and luckily there nothing came out of that. But why do you think there's some reasons why this is such an issue? Um, I Unfortunately, I think being a woman definitely has something to do with it. Um, it's hard to think that grown men would walk up to young men and talk to them and treat them the way that they treat women with cameras. Um, but like at the end of the day, you never know what a person's gonna do. Uh, they could just like come up and wanna have a conversation with you. Uh, but honestly, like it's stranger danger. Like honestly, I think it's better to be safe than sorry. So I try to just be as nice as possible for my own safety, which kind of is a blow to my own ego, but it's better to be nice than yelling at someone who catcalls you or like says something to you or gets in your way because you never know what that person's capable of. So I think I definitely agree with the pepper spray. Um, don't travel alone, especially at night. Like it's just better to 
be aware of your surroundings and like bring other people with you so you're not alone especially if you're uh, shooting with a model I think unfortunately it's I feel like it's better to bring somebody who is a man because people are less likely to bother you um, but you know just try to be aware of surroundings and for people who are listening who aren't women with cameras try not to bother everyone else who is good advice <laughs> This is the Ronald Top Box, a podcast about local media and the future of media. Now, another word from our sponsors. Strapped with a mic and a mask, this is the Ronald Sandbox. This is my mask voice. 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 So our audio might sound a little bit different. Thanks, COVID. Uh, can you hear me? Unmute your mic. I- I think you're on mute. Hang on, my internet connection is unstable. But we're still here, bringing you the facts. Hopefully, you can still hear us. Keep tuning in. We're We're the Reynolds Reynolds Sandbox. This is the Reynolds Hotbox, a podcast about local media and the future of media. So, as someone who takes photos of houseless people as part of my job, uh, I think it's really important to talk about how to go about that in a respectful way uh, for a bunch of photographers who are listening. Uh, and I think it gets into poverty porn, and that's a huge issue in photojournalism. And it's really important to learn what it is and how to avoid participating in it. And it's basically, if you aren't aware about photos of vulnerable people, people um, who are basically being used for a photo opportunity, um, and there are a few famous images that come to mind, um, but you typically see it with poor people, people of color, uh, and disabled people used for photo opportunities and not really anything but that. They're just used for a photo and then a photographer can just move on. And it's really important that you avoid that, like in order to just be an ethical photographer. So what are your thoughts? So I do feel like a lot of street photographers exploit these situations just to get a photo that will get views, no matter how ethically incorrect it is. So, Rachel, since you've taken pictures within your job, how do you avoid these exploitative photos? Um, so I think the number one thing is definitely just being respectful and having empathy. Um, I do get paid. It is my job, so I do take photos of issues in Reno, and it's one of those things where it would be wrong not to cover it. Um, So if you don't take the photo at all, don't take any photos, then it's kind of avoiding it. But then if you take too many photos, get in people's faces, get in their personal space, and get really up close and personal, that's where it gets kind of like crossing the line. And so I feel like try to think about how you would feel in their situation. So I like to partially conceal their identity. uh, So I don't like to include faces really, unless I've spoken with them and like had a conversation and they're okay with it. Um, So I also like to avoid taking photos of people like giving out food and like vulnerable, vulnerable moments because I feel like that's just inappropriate to do. So my best advice would be to talk to them, like talk to these people, learn their names, where are they from? How's their day going? And you can just get a lot, you can really get to know somebody by just having like a short conversation with them. And more often than not, if you talk to them and you have a good conversation, they'll let you take their photo. And if they don't, then you walk away with 
having a conversation with a new person that you know. And so I feel like, if, and if they don't answer, if they don't want to talk, then just move along and respect their privacy. So Rachel, how was your time in the hot box today? Uh, it was pretty good. I always like talking about photography with anyone who is willing to listen. I feel like if you want to get into it, all you have to do is uh, nowadays just use your phone and then it doesn't really matter what camera you use. Like as long as you're just taking photos of what you want to see and what you like to take photos of, I think you'll be fine. Make sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Reynolds Sandbox. Make sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Reynolds Sandbox.